Amen. Praise God. Tonight we want to talk about our words. Your words are your responsibility. We are going to be held accountable for every word spoken and every deed done in the flesh, so we need to be careful about it. And that's what we want to maybe revisit this tonight, perhaps some of these things you've heard, but we want to go over it because it's such an important thing. And we constantly, I think, need to be putting a, praying and putting a guard over our mouth, asking God to put a guard over our mouth that we should watch what we say, our mind and our mouth. Um, you can fill in the, the blanks as we go through this tonight. <clears throat> so your words are your responsibility. Jesus made us responsible for our words. What was that famous Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility? Words are powerful, and so there's a great responsibility to them. And not just our good words or evil words, but also our idle words. What are idle words? Non-productive. What would be a, a, a sample, an example of a, like in a conversation, an, an idle word or a non-productive word? It can be swear words, it can be slanderous words, it can be talking about somebody, it can be gossip, um, it can even be sometimes how we start to, you know, crude or coarse talking, those are non-productive words, anything that's not producing anything for eternity. I mean, we can't be so heavenly minded that we're not, no earthly good, okay? So don't get, get, don't let this be legalistic, but we do need to put a guard over what we say, and, and our words should be uplifting, and, uh, and it's good to have fun. They ought to bring cheer. They ought to bring a smile to somebody's face, you know? People ought to be glad to see you come, not glad to see you go. When teaching about the, the power of spoken words, Jesus said this in Matthew 12, verse 36. He said, I tell you, on the day of judgment, men will have to give an account for every idle or inoperative or non-working word that they speak. For by your words you will be justified and acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned or and sentenced. So, wow. You think it's something that's important? We need to maybe think before we talk. The old adage is God gave us two ears and one mouth, so we should listen twice as much as we talk. And we really need to think about that. As believers, we can accomplish so much with the words of our mouth. So again, it's a great responsibility because our words are very powerful. Uh, for this reason, we are held responsible for our words, every one of them, idle words, you know, good words, bad words, everything. So you know, how can we make our tongue uh, an instrument for good? What we want to look at tonight basically is a three-point plan for dealing with your tongue and making it an instrument for good. Something to just kind of flow along with. And three points are easier than, to remember than seven. I mean, you know, if you're out there and you're talking, you don't have notes to look at. You've got to have something quick to help remind you to shut your mouth or to hold your tongue, those kind of things. And so we want to look at a, a three-point plan tonight. So I call this the word power plan because uh, we are responsible and, um, you know, for our, our words are, are powerful and we need, we need a plan so that we can make them instruments for good. First, is, first thing is we need to make quality decisions. When we speak, we need to determine only to say what agrees with truth, with the word. 
and we need to let our words align with the Word of God. Now, don't, you don't have to go around speaking King James or something like that all the time, but your words ought to line up with the principles of God's Word. And uh, so we can determine that, but it's kind of hard to determine it if we haven't got the Word in us. Uh, so you have to determine only to say what agrees with the truth or God's Word and decide to submit your tongue to the Holy Spirit. And that's a key right there. When you get up in the morning, you ought to, when you offer up yourself to the Lord, one of the very first things that you should offer up is your tongue. You should offer up your tongue to the Lord, and then you ought to begin to praise Him and uh, thank Him and say, good, Lord, good morning, Lord. Not, good Lord, it's morning. <laughs> you know, it ought to be, good morning, Lord. We're so, we, we set alarm clocks. I mean, we call them alarm clocks. No wonder we wake up like this, you know, and we go through our day on edge because we, we had an alarm clock. Why don't we just, we ought to call it something different. Uh, I put, um, what's that lady thing? I got that song on there. It's Good Morning, and she sings it. Um, yeah, Mandisa. That's what I wake up to every morning. It's Mandisa. Five o'clock, it goes off. And... Uh, I'm about sick of that song. <laughs> it doesn't get much out of about three words. There's sometimes that I'm awake looking at. Have you ever done that? Have you, have you ever, like, you're looking at the clock waiting for the time to, to click down? That's terrible, isn't it? But, uh, you know, we ought to start our day off positive. You, I believe we can prophesy to our future. I really do. The words have life. And death, there's power in the tongue, so why not prophesy our future as we start off? Try it. You know, before your foot hits the, the floor, we need to be in praising God and uh, declaring His glory and, you know, giving our tongue to the Holy Spirit and then begin to prophesy our day into existence. Try it sometime. See if you don't feel better for at least 30 minutes or so, you know. But, I mean, but try it. And, and I think pretty soon you'll begin to... To adapt to it and it'll become a part of you. So you got to determine to say what agrees with the truth, decide to submit your tongue to the Holy Spirit. And then the second thing on this word power plan is number two is uh, let the Spirit tame your tongue. We can't do it. You know, James tells us that the tongue, uh, no one in, in the human race is able to control the tongue. In James chapter 3, verse 8, reading from the Amplified, it says, But the human tongue can be tamed by no man. It is a restless, undisciplined, irreconcilable, uh, evil, full of deadly poison. Wow, those are some strange words, some harsh words for the tongue. I mean, won't you just tell us what you think, James? <laughs> you know? So uh, how many of you have been on the other side of someone that has a, a tongue like that? And uh, maybe you've been on the receiving end of something like that. But we, we don't want to be on the giving end of it because, again, we're going to be held accountable for it. You know... I heard somebody say something one time uh, talking about like when light shines out, the light travels through space and it travels at the speed of light and it just continues to go, continues to move on. That our words are alive and when we speak them out, they continue to move on. And um, they, the Holy Spirit convicted them to begin to call to halt and null and void uh, the, the words, those idle words or harmful words, harsh words that they had spoken. Uh, you know, things maybe that could bring entrapment to them or harsh words to somebody else that they would call them null and void they made a decision to to judge those words and, and recall them i don't know if we could you know 
definitely would take the Holy Spirit to bring to memory a lot of that. But, you know, I think that if, if we did what he did bring to our memory, that might be a good thing to do. So if we judge ourselves, it says we won't be judged. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we can't consciously remember and you can't be so stressed out about it. That's thank God for his grace and praise God for the Holy Spirit that works in us. And if we ask God to forgive us, he does forgive us. But I think that if something like that, if, if an occasion or a situation where you've spoken some harsh words and uh, you feel convicted about it, then just speak to those words and call them to, to make them halt and speak to them to be null and void. So let the Holy Spirit tame your tongue. And again, um, only the Holy Spirit by his ministry to you and in you can bring your tongue under control. It's only he, He's the only one that can do that. Thank, thank the Lord for the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us. And he's been given to us to help guide us into all truth. And uh, we can literally shoot ourselves in the foot with our uh, spiritual walk with our tongue. If the Holy Spirit's trying to lead us, but here we are saying certain things that can... Um, you know, hold us back from, from accomplishing where the Holy Spirit wants to lead us. Uh, you know, you have to, to put the Holy Spirit in a position where he can get your tongue under control. So how do we go about doing that? There's a couple of ways to do it. First of all, receive the Holy Spirit. If you have never received the Holy Spirit, you need to receive the Holy Spirit. And um, then be filled with the Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 20, the Apostle Paul says, Be very careful then how you live. And so the words that we speak are one of the main things that we need to be careful about. So he says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, do not be drunk with wine on which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And that word in, in the Greek, it says, be being filled. It's a continuation of it. Be being filled with the, with the Spirit. And that's a command. It's not a suggestion. Verse 19, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a good format to have right there, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, give Him charge over our tongue. So we receive the Holy Spirit and filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and again, I think that's a great way to start your day off and um, allow the Holy Spirit to tame your tongue from the very beginning. Got to put him in a position where he can uh, get our tongue under control, and that is by receiving him and then by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Number three there, uh, participate in corporate praise and worship. And in verse, verse 19 there, Ephesians 5, where he says, speak to one another of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And so with praise and worship, there's a way, you know, we're all together when we're doing that. And we're all saying the same thing. We're all singing the same thing. Most of the time we're singing psalms or the word of God back to him. That's powerful. We're all in one mind, one accord, saying the same thing together. You know, how often does that happen? It happens through our times of, of praise and worship before the Lord. So it's very important what we do. And, you know, the Bible tells us to enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. That has everything to do with our mouth. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, giving him thanks, and enter his courts with praise. Paul tells the Hebrews, uh, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, and so much the more when you see that day approaching. We need to participate in corporate 
praise and worship. Uh, we need to attend church faithfully, if nothing else, to, to be able to receive and be under the influence of the Holy Spirit to help us to be able to uh, determine what we are, make those decisions on what to say and uh, to be able to submit ourselves and our, our tongue, our words to God. So keep that in mind and, you know, this is the only place you're going to get corporate praise and worship. I mean, you can put on a, you know, uh, your headset, your MP3 player, your smartphone, your CD in your car, or whatever you have for music, and you can sing along with that, and that's great. That's, that's powerful as well. But whenever you have a congregation that's, that's corporately together singing praise to God, that is so powerful. It, it shakes the gates of hell. It can't stand it. Satan cannot stand that. There's some people, you know, when you take your fingernails and run it down a chalkboard, they don't have chalkboards anymore, do they? But, you know, like that, it just makes somebody cringe. That's what praise, the effect that praise has on, on the devil. He just cannot stand it, can't uh, be around it. So be filled with the Spirit of God and uh, participate in corporate worship. And then pray as David prayed in the 141st Psalm. Verse 3, it says, Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Let not my heart be drawn to what is evil, uh, to take part in wicked deeds with men who are evildoers. And so, you know, if David prayed this, and he was a man after God's own heart, if he prayed that, I think that's something that's good for us. Well, I don't have plans to go out here and whatever, wicked deeds or whatever. Well, we might not, but we don't know what Satan's got lined up for our path. So, set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips, and let not my heart be drawn to what is evil or wicked. Or, and, you know, uh, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, so rebellion is simply doing my will instead of God's will. So, we've got to be careful because we've got to keep track and see how many times a day we do our will rather than God's will. And uh, that might bring us to our knees a little bit more. So, um, fill your heart with God's word. Well, that, that, that after that psalm, the, the third thing on this plan for a word, our word power plan is to fill your heart with God's word. You need to make quality decisions with, with the words that you do speak. You need to let the Holy Spirit tame your tongue. And then you need to be filled with, uh, fill your heart with God's word because... Um, you're, you always want your tongue to be productive and creative. So there's nothing more productive or creative than the Word of God. So fill your, your heart with God's Word. And, uh, you know, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So what do you want in abundance in your heart? What are you filling it full of? Uh, for, this is, uh, this, for this to happen, that you, you will need to have... Uh, have to work at, at getting your heart filled to abundance with God's Word. Again, as Jesus said there in Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So uh, you've got to, to work at, at getting your heart filled to abundance of God's Word, however you can do it. Get it on a, a recording. Get it uh, where you're listening to it. You know, plug it in. Put it on, put a CD in or something like that and, and have it playing. Take that in and read it if you can. There's times when you can't read, so you're, you're driving. But get the Word in you. You know, get it in when you don't need it, and then when you do need it, it'll be there. Um, 
you, you speak from your heart again. So when you speak in passion, you speak in passion, crisis, or stress. So a person has said this, that you speak from your heart when you speak in times of passion, crisis, or stress. So in those times of passion, crisis, or stress, you're going to be speaking from your heart. So what do you want to be speaking? I remember sliding down the highway there in Arkansas when we hit that hydraulic fluid on the Harley. And what came out of my mouth, that was a... That was a uh, a time of passion and crisis and stress. And uh, I was saying, in Jesus' name, I bind all pain. And in fact, I'm, well, we're sliding down the highway, man. Call out to Jesus. And um, maybe quoting some scripture, I don't know. We were having, speaking in tongues, I think, going down through there. But uh, anyway, that's, that ought to come out of you, just naturally come out of, your, out of your heart, out of the abundance of your heart. Take God's word to heart until you know it by heart. That's what I like to say. Take God's word by heart until you know it by heart. Or take it to heart until you know it by heart. Uh, Joshua 1.8, he says, uh, do not let this, or, or God told Joshua, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So he says, you know, get, it, get the word into you. Let, everything that's coming out of you, let it, uh, be the Word of God, meditate upon it. What is, how do we meditate? Anybody remember the Bill Gothard seminars? Meditate. He gives an example of a, uh, a cow who chews the cud, you know. And I don't know how many farmers we have or understand that, uh, how a cow does that, but takes it in, chews on it, you know, and they have double stomachs or how many stomachs? How many stomachs does a cow have? Four stomachs. And so they bring it back up, chew it some more, you know, and bring it back down. So we need to constantly be taking that word in, chewing it up, and, you know, just savoring it a little bit, and then bring it back up later on and just keep savoring it. So take a scripture in, take the word of God in, and, and meditate upon it. You know, bring it back up again. Now, what does that mean? How does that apply to me in my life? What can I do different to bring that word into my life here? How can I make that a part of my conversation? How can I make it a part of everything that I'm doing? Meditate upon the word day and night is what it says. And that's where you find uh, you'll be prosperous and successful. That's the principle of success is, you know, taking that word in, meditation upon the word of God. You know, God's message to Joshua was keep speaking the word, keep it in there, let it be in your mouth at all times. And uh, your heart receives best uh, what it hears your own mouth speaking. So speak out the word, verbally speak it so that you're, you can hear it. And so when you hear, you know, you take it back in and you can... Uh, you retain it a lot better. Your own tongue is the best sowing implement that the Holy Spirit has. So sow seeds of the Word of God and sow it into your own heart. Speak it out. Read it out loud so that you hear it and that you take it in. And so no matter what the situation arises, speak the Word. Speak the Word. Do this even while uh, every circumstance seems to, be, uh, seems to contradict it, but speak the Word. You might want to say something else. You might want to get mad. But don't get mad. You know, just... Uh, Get glad and, and speak the word of God into that situation and speak to the mountain and see it be removed. You know, don't tell God how big your mountain is. Tell the mountain how big God is. And so let there be power in our words. So be a Joshua. You know, be a Joshua. Keep God's word in your mouth. Uh, have it in abundance there in your heart. Uh, let the word in your mouth be your meditation day and night. Just, just as God told Joshua... And Joshua was a tremendous warrior, accomplished many things, the battles and things that we have. I can tell you how we defeat 
Satan and uh, what his, the opposition he brings against us is the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so we need that. That's our, our offensive weapon that we need to have at our disposal. So let the Word of God be in your mouth and meditate upon it day and night. Don't just read it for the sake of reading it, but read it and read it out loud. Take it in listen to it and then meditate upon it. Take it in small chunks, you know, <laughs> and, uh, so that you can meditate upon it. And then you've got to implement this plan. you just got to make it happen. Do it. Do these things. See if it makes a change in your life. See if your attitude changes. You need to check up from the neck up. We'll begin to speak the Word of God into your life and into your situation. And uh, have the Holy Spirit cover you and guard you. And uh, pray in the Spirit. And then pray with understanding as well. But take in the Word. Because your words are your responsibility. And we have to give an account of them. Just as Jesus said, he said, I'll tell you on that the day of judgment, men will have to give an account of every idol word that uh, inoperative non-working word that they speak for by your words you will be justified and acquitted and by your words you will be condemned and sentenced that's from the amplified bible so it's powerful our words are powerful somebody have some examples maybe before how you've seen some things change in your life if you've uh, made a practice of of watching your words or putting the word of god in you or allowing the holy spirit to tame your tongue or any personal Experiences along that line? Yes, ma'am. Instead of being angry at road rage, I usually start praying for them. There you go. I should say pray, uh, pray for them and God be Amen. Pray for those that despitefully use you or drive crazy in traffic. Uh, bless those who honk at you. <laughs> and, <laughs> there you go. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? personal example of how you can apply this in your life or how you, you've already been doing it. And yes, sir. That's true. You know, if you have to repeat that report from the doctor, you say, well, the, the doctor's report says, and then you, can, then you can say what you're believing for, you know, and phrase those things. Again, like we talked about at the first, determine what, make, you know, be wise about this thing. Uh, you know, make good decisions on your, the words that you're going to say and how you're going to go about saying them. So determine how you're going to say that. Be careful about how you say it. Sometimes it's best to say nothing. Mama always said, <laughs> if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. So if you can't edify with your mouth, then don't say anything at all. Somebody else, some thoughts along this line. You know, it really damaged, you know, my spirit. It just really spoke to me. 
It's kind of like that phrase, I love you, but. <laughs> or I love, bless their heart. You know, I bless their heart, I love them, but. And then, boom, you know, here we go. Uh, so he, he prefaced it by saying, as a Christian, I forgive him, but. Yeah. Well, that's those uh, idle words, those non-productive words that follow. Somebody else does You really, yeah, you change your appetite. You really notice it really quickens your spirit. That's right. And it makes you want to get back around people that do speak into you, speak life into you. Sam? Yeah, I had an example of uh, where um, at our corporate meeting, the president of the company would say, curse words, use the Lord's name in vain, and um, it really, really, I could feel it in my spirit, it hurt me, and, uh, and I started praying and praying and praying about it, and uh, then the, the, uh, the same thing, the, the chief financial officer would say bad words too, and so I prayed and prayed and prayed, and finally one morning, I decided that I would go into the president's office and, and talk to him about it. But I did it before eight o'clock, so I didn't do it on company time. Okay. <laughs> you know, That's smart. Uh, just you know, just in case. <laughs> and so I went into his office and I and I told him, I said, Mike, uh, I guess I've got to talk to you. He said, Yeah, what is it, Sam? I said, Mike, I said, uh, I'm really troubled by the words that you use in our meetings. Said, what do you mean? I said, Mike, I said you use the Lord's name in vain, and you and uh, you use curse words and His response was as follows. He goes, what? I, I really do that? I go, yes, yes, you do. He goes, I didn't realize that I was doing that. And I said, yes, Mike, you are. He goes, well, Sam, I'll tell you what. He said, I apologize to you, and I will try to, to do better, and I'll try to, to stop using the Lord's name in vain in these curse words. So I walked out of his office, and I, I said, yes, Lord. You know, I was so excited. I said, now, now let's go to the CFO. <laughs> so, and, and the CFO is, is a Jewish guy. And uh, I went into his office and basically took the same tactic. You know, but this was during work hours. By that time, it was now you know, 9 o'clock or something like that. And I went in there. And you know what? It was amazing. His response was the very same thing. Mm -hmm. I did not realize that I was doing he said, I, I apologize, and I'll, I'll really try to do better. And do you know, both of those men changed. Their words wow. changed after that. Amen. Amen. That's uh, standing up for your faith and, you know, asking God to help you and go before you uh, to, to pave the way for you beforehand. And uh, I think that's good. And I really believe, like, like you were saying, they had no clue that, that's, that they were talking like that. So, Troy, was you going to say something, or were you just stretching out there a little bit? Stretching, but I guess I'll say something. Okay. <laughs> uh, I had a co-worker that didn't speak a whole lot of English, and his way he finished his sentences was with cuss words. <clears throat> and, uh, after hearing it for three or four months, I said, you know, every time you say a cuss word, I'm going to say something about Jesus. So I'm going to bless it the opposite direction. And you know he took notice because then he said, hey, is that word wrong? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I think it's good. I think it's good to say something and, and speak the truth in love. And do it. Do it in that particular way. And when you express that, it does hurt you. You know, it's. it's... I did between 
him and me. I didn't get everybody else involved. Right. That's sometimes the best way to do it. I mean, it worked for me. Amen. Amen. Any other applications or personal examples of this? Some ways that uh, some ways that you could think of, maybe to add to your plan or your own plan on how to to um, uh, since we're going to be responsible for our words, you know, uh, a, a power plan here for our words. Yes, ma'am. Amen, they do. And that's good that they think of you, they remember you in that positive light rather than in a negative light. You know, we'll be remembered for, for things, and most of the time it's uh, what we say and what we do. So it's a very important uh, a part of our life, and it's part of our testimony for the Lord. And uh, I think we've all had that, uh, <clears throat> you know, when something traumatic happens, what's the first thing out of your mouth? And if we're confidently assured that uh, it's going to be good, then that's, that's a good place to be in. Give and keep moving. Don't get caught up in it. There you go. Just remember and, and uh, change. Right. You clean up everything else in your life when you become saved. You know, whatever your hang-ups are, you're not going to be one of them. That's exactly right. And that's why the, the first thing that we do in the morning is, is give our tongue to the Holy Spirit, as we were talking about, and <clears throat> say, Holy Spirit, tame my tongue. I give it to you. I surrender it to you. And it's amazing that one of the signs, the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues because the Lord can take that and it's something that I think it's very important to allow him to control it. It's the rudder of a ship is how James expresses or gives a, an example of our tongue that it controls the whole, you know, as a small rudder guides a, a big ship, our tongue can guide and direct us. And so we have to, it's very, very important. Well, I'm going to ask our ushers to help us tonight with some uh, prayer request cards. And